Hey folks, this is Jason Watkins of the Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. Just wanted to remind you, if you are not already a subscriber to our channel, what are you waiting on? We need all the subscribers we can get. We have been putting them on quickly, but we are on our way to a thousand and we got to get there to monetize. So please, before you forget, hit the red subscriber button right here on YouTube. Hey folks, Jason Watkins, Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. Just wanted to remind you about our official partnership with Fanatics, the number one team merchandise retailer in the world. That's right. Every time you need a hat, jersey, hoodie, even memorabilia for your favorite team, all you got to do is hit our link and you can get up to 65% off. Not only that, but with Christmas coming, there are deals on things that they never really put on sale on their online store. So check out our link, bit.ly slash hof dash fanatics. We get a small commission for everything you purchase. You just shop normally and you get up to 65% off everything in the store. It's a win-win situation. So don't forget, bit.ly slash hof dash fanatics. Welcome back to the Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Watkins, and if you love college football, you are definitely in the right place. So before you forget, smash that red subscriber button, like our videos, and don't forget to ring the bell so you don't miss one moment of the Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. Coach Royball, welcome back to the show, and everybody welcome in Coach Philip Royball, our new co-host here. We will be talking. Happy New Year, everybody. Just wanted to say Happy New Year to everyone. It's been uh, a little while since I've been on. Um, we've I've uploaded a couple of videos, but uh, the lives, this will be our first one of the new year. So thanks a lot for joining us. Coach, how was the uh, holidays? You know what? They were fantastic. It was, uh, it was a good time. Very relaxed. Enjoyed family and uh, got to go watch a hell of a football game in the Cotton Bowl. And... Uh, I I, was, I know we like we love USC, right? So uh, <laughs> I, I was sitting in the middle of of the USC Trojans, and uh, I, I hollered "Blue Wave" the whole time, and I drove them. I had them all pissed off at me. Well, awesome then. That's just hey man. See, you just did that. You did the program a solid right there, just by doing that. Um, we also had. I know Adela was there, and she was hyped up about it as well. Uh, so yeah, it was uh fun times. Thank you, Jen. Uh, happy 2023 to you as well. Um, yeah, listen, it's, uh, I don't think that there's an Oklahoma fan around, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that could have said that would tell you they weren't excited about the way that that went down, particularly the way it went down, you know, for you to have a lead 
15 point lead with what three or four minutes left yeah and then just to gag it up in lincoln style was yes. uh man it was something it was just something well you know you that's know. the time that's the first time Tulane has been in a bowl game in 83 years good grief i, I mean, had no that, idea that that was the case that that's 21 years older than more than i'm old man <laughs> that's pretty old well, I'll tell you, and, and something that, you know, I saw uh, Jen was saying in there on, uh, it, on, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Jen was saying in there on the, uh, on, in Twitter today that she was enjoying the memes and everything. And I think everybody is, it's just, uh, you know, the, the main thing is kind of what we talked about before is that there was so much of this, you know, this stupid narrative out there that you can't recruit to Oklahoma or at least Lincoln couldn't. And then apparently he can't recruit to SC either because he's struggling. Well, now everybody's calling for his defensive coordinator's head, but they're not calling for his at all. And and that makes sense that they wouldn't, but he's not, I don't, I mean, they were calling for his head before he left here. They weren't, he wasn't trying to get rid. He hired him again. So to yep. me, I would feel like that's one of those deals where you're looking at, uh, <clears throat> thanks, Terry. Uh, happy New Year's to you too. Uh, you know, I would feel like he's probably going to get another year there, but uh, which just means good things for for anyone who's rooting against USC. Uh, you know, because they're not gonna they're not gonna stop anybody there either. And if you look at it as the way that things are going, as far as um, recruiting is concerned. I mean, they're not bringing in big guys, big big time recruits to SC, and this is a place that you should not have a problem getting yeah. big defensive lineman type guys uh, to go to. This is a power program, a blue blood power program on the on the West Coast that pretty much owns California, and they're not getting those guys. So no. they didn't get uh, they didn't get Mateo Uyunglele. He's right there in town. He went right. to Oregon instead. Uh, you know, there's. I don't know really what else you're supposed, Portal, supposed to say. Portal University. That's what that's their new name, Portal University. And that's what yeah, and that's just the way that things are with with Lincoln. But what are you really going to get you're going to pick up a few guys here and there, but when it comes to defensive line, those are the guys that nobody wants to let go. So, you know, they're going to play them if they're if they're good enough to be there, uh they're generally going to probably play them. You know, you're not Alabama is not going to be dumping guys every year. So, right. you know, anyway, anyway. So, yeah, I was glad to, glad to see you there and enjoying all of that. You know, uh, Hey, thanks a lot, man. That puts us closer. I was just going to say folks, thanks so much for, uh, all the subscriptions. We are so very, very, very close to monetizing. Uh, wow. that, that puts us at 993. So we are seven Woo! away seven away from the from the magic number there and uh so we're excited about that as well lots to talk about today on the show uh you know obviously with the with the new year kicking off uh all the bowl games getting we're going to kind of recap some of these bowls obviously the one we were just talking about would be one we talk about a bit more um but there's a lot of stuff going on within the transfer portal as we talked about uh, and recruiting. So um, uh, you're seeing a lot more. The last thing that we talked about was Oki Light. Uh, they continue to hemorrhage football players and receivers included. 
So uh, that's been another issue for them today. How in the world you could possibly justify keeping Mike Gundy around any longer uh, is beyond me. But I'm sure that they are going to give it a go uh, in doing that as well. So um, obviously, thanks again, everybody, for all of our subscribers. And we've I've just got to tell you one more time, we have enjoyed, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, this journey so far and look forward to what 2023 is going to bring us as a show. Uh, and then, of course, for Oklahoma as well. Uh, what what we're looking at there are obviously with the transfer portal going on uh, there well there's a lot of movement right now and there's a lot of moving parts that you know you're kind of waiting to kind of see what's going to happen next there have been some things we will be welcoming on a member of the uh, horns down podcast chris griffin here in just a bit as well to talk about some of the things that that he's hearing uh some of the stuff we talked about in the last day or so, it kind of blew my mind. I, of course, I've been sick, so it's I hadn't been keeping up with things as much as I would have wanted to. Um, I'm still a little bit under the weather, but it's something that we've just been trying to uh, just trying to keep up with all of it. But it's, it's a lot to talk about. Uh, the portal does close, Jen, in the day before the national title game, which that would be Sunday. So you're looking at, you know, they're going to close that thing up. Uh which means you're really hoping that you're going to find something out soon with um, Dylan Gabriel. Um, he is looking at, yeah, really? Is that I hadn't heard this one, and I don't. I doesn't doubt. I don't doubt it really. Uh, Spencer Sanders wanting to come back, and Gundy saying no. Um, yeah, I'm doubting that. I just my thoughts on it, and this is something. Maybe he is mad, and and gonna hold him to that or whatever. But my guess is that if Spencer really wanted to come back, I would I would think that uh, uh, Gundy would want to allow him to. He is without a doubt the most accomplished quarterback probably in the history of Oklahoma State football. So I can't imagine that he would have turned that down. Maybe though, I mean, um, you know, I, 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 I say this though, from a coach's perspective, sometimes yeah. when guys burn those bridges. It, it's, it's hard to, to take them back. And I know he's, you know, he did a hell of a job, you know, for him over there, but at Oakey light, but sometimes it is difficult. I'm, I'm not sure that's really happened, but but I, I think that could be a possibility that coach said, you know what? No, you ain't I, I it wouldn't here's the thing as much as you it would fairly surprise you and I get what you're saying you know if if you once you you know once you get to that point where you're like okay well you're going to you're going to walk out on your teammates yes. and not playing in the bowl game and things like that and then kind of making him look bad I get that I could see that um that being said I mean you don't really have much coming back it's not like they've they've added a great quarterback to come in and and they're they're young, young, young at the position. Even if they were to bring in, a, you know, another somebody who is who is in there, or who has got experience and somebody that you think you might be able to count on, it still just seems iffy to me. But that being said, you know, as Jen's even saying right here, he is a high and mighty type of guy. He thinks that he doesn't need anybody. I mean, his his attitude towards the portal in general has been he doesn't care for it. 
Uh, yep. He used it a little bit whenever they started hemorrhaging um, some of these guys. But as of today, you've got Stefan Boogie Johnson and Bryson Green have both entered the portal as well. So, I mean, right now you're looking at, I mean, the, the wide receivers that are, you know, running out the door. You've got your starting quarterback gone, the two leading rushers, three of the top six leading receivers on the team gone, second leading tackler, uh, two starting defensive backs, Trace Ford, who is with the Oklahoma Sooners, and then Braylon Presley, who was a a freshman that hadn't done a bunch yet, but his older brother was one of the main guys, and you would have figured he was going to be, well, they had billed him as like a Tyreek Hill type uh, for the future. So... I mean, if you're going to sit here and tell me that that wasn't something that they needed, uh, that none of these guys were anything that they needed, I'm, I'm going to tell you you're full of crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because right now, as we talked about, I mean, shoot, Coach, you would, you said before, and, and when we were on the show, I said, man, I look at them as still going to be a middle-of-the-road team in the Big 12. And you said, I don't know if they're going to get there. And I no. think you're probably right, <laughs> you know. No, I, I don't see them being a middle of the road team if they if they continue this downslide. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, yeah, that that was funny, wasn't it, Jen? Him saying, yeah, that he'd be the coach of the Sooners had he have gone to Oklahoma, <laughs> that he would have been the coach of the Sooners. He was he was afraid to compete with uh, the the quarterback of the Sooners at the time when he came through. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, give me a break, man. The guys, the guys are. The guy's mediocrity at best. At best, he's mediocrity, man. Exactly. So, anyway, okay. Now, obviously, lots of portal things going on. Now, the portal does close the day before the national title game. Uh, They, uh, from what I can tell, over the next couple of days and starting today, um, they are having some visitors in um, from some some of these portal visitor type of guys coming in to check it out. One of them being Walter Rouse, the offensive lineman from Stanford. He would be a uh, a graduate transfer, uh, and obviously with uh, with with their coach uh, resigning this season, you know that's mm-hmm. that's not surprising that you're going to start seeing some of those guys from Stanford leaving. Um, Rouse has been one of their. I mean, he's been one of their top offensive linemen. Uh, for the yes. past couple of seasons, it looks like he's, you know, that would be a big, uh, as far as like having somebody that's going to have some, uh, obviously, you know, experience. He's already pretty good sized guy. And that's one thing they do have done very, very well at Stanford is run the football. Um, so that's, uh, something that would be good. And with the fact that obviously what we saw in the bowl game was that if you had a lot of issues of uh, for Oklahoma in that, was that you could tell that the offensive line was young um, and, you know, they gave up eight sacks. Now, part of that being that Dylan probably held on to the football a bit long some of the time. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that, Tracy. They would have definitely fired him a long time ago. He would yeah. be a big plus. He's, he's one of the – I think he's one of the better linemen. Yeah. Definitely one of the better linemen. Yeah, and then obviously I think that the main place that that Oklahoma is looking the uh, looking for the most, what they're looking for the most would be interior defensive line help, um, anywhere along the defensive line, but particularly on the interior right now. Um, looks like Devon Sears Jr. from Texas State uh, is in Norman today, I believe, visiting. Um, 
he definitely had announced Oklahoma as one of his top three uh, about a week ago. He has also been offered by USC as well. Um, yeah, I don't see that happening. Uh, but maybe. You never know. You never know. Um, hey, then you know we've talked about, Jason. They're, they're kids, and they're going to, you know, when you think, hey, there's no way this is going to happen, it's like, oh, yeah. my God, are you kidding me? He decided to go there, or he's doing this. And, and you know, but, again, we got to remember, there's 17, 18, 19-year-old kids, and they're going to. Right. And if he feels like he's got a better chance to play there, maybe I could see him maybe doing that. And the chances are he could have a better chance to play there, although it's still thin at Oklahoma as well. So, I mean, you figure it feels like if Oklahoma gave him a look there, uh, you're, you know, or, or offered him, you would probably figure that they need him. So, um, you know, hey, who's to say? You're right. You're right, man. With kids, you just don't know. You just have no idea what they're going to do. And, you know, never even the whole idea with our own kids, man, <laughs> never, never. And they change their mind every two seconds. You know what I mean? Freaking kids <laughs> every two seconds. Gotta love, gotta love it. Yep. Hey, we're going to go ahead and welcome in uh, our buddy from the the Horns Down podcast, Mr. Chris Griffin. Chris, hey. what's up, bud? How are we doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Sorry. For, sorry for the tardiness, but appreciate you guys for for having me on, man. Definitely excited about uh, about this episode, doing it with you, especially after talking last night. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on, man, too. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of getting into some of this um, the stuff with the portal and everything coming. You know, obviously having a bunch of guys visiting this week, and uh, they're obviously making a big push for that interior uh, defensive line. Uh, Chris, of course, this is, this is my co-host, Coach Philip Roybaugh. He was a... He's a longtime high school coach there in Texas, uh, 6A football, Dallas Skyline. Um, also coached some college around as well. Chris is a Hooper coach, and, uh, you know, he's uh, he's Oklahoma guy through and through. But uh, I love, the, love their show, so I was excited to get to work with him a little bit as well. So, you know, Chris. Well, hey, uh, Chris, and, you know, I, I you got to know from up front, I'm not an Oklahoma guy. Just I'm a one. <laughs> I'm a 180. I'm a I'm an Irish fan. Hey, that's fine. As long as you're not a Texas fan, we'll get along. You know, <laughs> get out. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna Jason keep those horns. Me of being a, a Longhorn fan, but he's that's one of the things he's gotten wrong about me is I'm not. <laughs> I, had, I, I I coached several kids that played there, but mm -hmm. you know, so I, I was a fan during the time my kids were there. No, I got you. I got you. That's not one of the – he noticed he didn't say that's not the only thing. that that, that He didn't say that's the only thing I'm wrong about whenever it came to him. So. <laughs> but, uh, no, so um, obviously we were just talking a little bit. Devin Sears uh, Jr. being there today, it seems like. Uh, also, I one of the ones that I really have, you know, when I was – I've been looking around different places and it looks like Rondell Bothroyd from Wake Forest looks like he may be – Mm -hmm. a real option uh, for Oklahoma. And, man, you talk about a guy that's a disruptor, that would be probably a, about as big of, of, of a get as you could pick up there through the portal anyway. Well, that like. and um, who was the kid Who was the kid out of uh, out of Texas A&M? I'm not sure if you guys talked about him, uh, the one who just popped in there. Um, gosh, I uh, forgot his name. Know? He literally just uh, entered the transfer portal maybe a day or two ago. 
Okay, so see, I hadn't looked, um, but it, let's see, let me go on, let me take a look. Yeah, it wouldn't, it doesn't didn't really surprise me. Um, now, obviously, one of the, oh, one of the. Anthony Lucas, Anthony Lucas. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So he okay. just hit the portal from uh, A&M and, you know, obviously people are like, oh, well, Venables is following him and all the rest of that stuff. So uh, it's. I mean that you got to bolster this deep, deep, deep line. You know, we talked about it, uh, you know, off camera as far as what OU is trying to do. And with that three man front, one of the problems that we had, uh, uh, honestly, this year is just the fact that we don't have a consistent pass rush. We have guys out there like, uh, like Jonah Lilo. I I can't, I always butcher his last name. I do too, man. You know, we have guys like that. We have guys like R. Mason Thomas where you're saying, okay, I see the consistency. I see the effort. Right. We're just not getting home. And then our guys, our starters, like like we talked about, hey, one guy can't really shed the shed the tackle, right? Shed the block. And then, <laughs> then the other guy is, is basically getting pushed upstream. And he's that close to being able, but it's like, you know, you got to be able to bend that corner and get home. But we don't have any finishers out there where, you know, coming right. into the season, I thought a guy that would be able to have a bigger impact was uh, Mark Stripling. I thought Stripling right. would be able to go out there and kind of be that hybrid freak out there that, you know, BV loves to have close to the line. But things didn't pan out because of injuries and other things. But, you know, I think everybody was is in agreement. I saw everybody shaking their hand on here. You got to bolster that defensive line some way. And you got to get some help on that edge. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, it's – it's not a bad look to sit there and it's not a bad thing to say that maybe Ethan Downs should be pushed inside. Maybe a guy mm-hmm. like Trace Ford with his knee injuries, maybe he should be pushed inside. Those are guys who could possibly get, they could give you what you, you feel like, like Jalen Redmond was going to give you this year. Cause you've seen it in the yeah. past, a guy that's really kind of a tweener, but really excels inside just because of his technique, his speed. And it just, just, God-given ability, to be honest with you. Well, and that's what I thought about Ethan. You know, when we talked about that last night, I mean, he just seemed so robotic on the edge and to where you just didn't see a whole lot of uh, – I mean, his quickness isn't what it could be. And when you look at a guy like, say, P.J. Adebawari coming in uh, for next season, that guy's a freak of nature. And he's getting – he's able to get through – and 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 make a play and i've it seems to me like he's probably going to be able to do that right off the bat i i would think and he he already has put on a ton of weight it looks like just over the last few months just from the last thing that i've seen from him so i i feel like the that i was i would be in agreement with you on that that some of these guys you might want to experiment like that particularly with the fact that we that you just don't have a ton of depth Mm-hmm. So, you know, as far as that defensive tackle position is is concerned. So um, I would think that that wouldn't be a terrible idea as well. Um, getting into some of these, let's see. Nah, you know what, James? The thing is, is that, that Ethan has actually, uh, he's actually bumped up to, I think he's around 265 right now. Isn't that, isn't that what we were talking about last night? Yeah, so I mean, um, he's around 265. Yeah, and so... I feel like that's one of the things that you probably could, you know, get the the right amount of weight on there for him. And the the thing is, is if he's not going to be able to to really give you much at the outside, which he hasn't shown us that he has, why wouldn't you give that a shot? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's just kind of what, what my thoughts are. And uh, 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe I uh, listen. I, I think that all I think that all uh my feeling is is that that all options got to be on the table right now. Yeah. You know, I just feel like all options have to be on the table right now. And I I really feel like, you know, some of these guys, you know, that that you're bringing in. I mean, if you're bringing in a guy like Balthroy, that kind of going back to some of that, this guy is a game wrecker. You yeah. know, he's made some big plays. I mean, from what I was watching in the film, and, and I've seen a lot of Wake Forest for the last couple of years for some reason or other. Mm-hmm. But they defensively, I mean, and all they do is win football games. There's just, you know, they get out there and seem to do it on the defensive side. They've got a good quarterback. Uh, but but I think more than anything, it's it's been really they get it done defensively. And so, you know, that's one of the things where I kind of feel like that would be a big move. That being said, you know, some of these guys is that you already have there. I mean, you're going to have to do something with it because obviously we weren't getting things, you know, with him on the outside, you weren't seeing Ethan do a whole lot from there. And I'm not, and I love Ethan to death. I think he's going to be a great player. I just don't see that his quickness is going to allow him to re to get home uh, at the quarterback. And, and you got to do it. We have got to find a way to get pressure there, you know, um, yeah, and I and I think Jimmy's right when it comes to that. You know that he could get to three hundred pounds. You can see him doing it. He's a six foot, well, six four, six five guy. It's a yeah. big dude, man. You know, and when you get him in the weight room with Smitty, Smitty will get him where he needs to be. Absolutely. Well, I tell you, going back to the A and M kid, the Lucas kid, mm-hmm. I, I you know, it, and I've watched a little film on him, and he's. I, I tell you what, he he keeps great leverage on the outside. And and boy, he's got a he's got a wingspan, boys. That is, it goes forever. I mean, he's mm-hmm. and I, you know, and he's what two ninety plus. Yeah, uh, man. He's another. I, I I think if if y'all pick him up, he's going to be a great help to you guys. What is the what is the what is the talk about that? Is that something that has been because it seemed like BV hasn't really even really dipped into the whole A&M scenario a whole lot because yeah. they of fit, I would think, more than anything else. I just don't know that he mm-hmm. has been in agreement that they would be a fit for his program coming and, from that program. And I'm not sure. That's just a name that's been thrown out there. I think one of the biggest things for for Grinch um, – I mean, not Grinch, excuse me. Not Grinch, excuse me. <laughs> I was going to say, don't bring him back. <laughs> one of the biggest things for BV, I, I think, with this this portal cycle is just being more aggressive on the defensive side. Um, I think that he, you know, the word out there was that if he could go, you know, obviously, I don't think Venables is going anywhere with any regrets, but I do think that if if he could go back in last year's cycle as far as the transfer portal, there's a couple of guys that he probably would have gave. Uh, he probably would have pursued them uh, harder than what he did simply right. because of, you know, just some of the lack. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think what it boils down to, and, and I think that all Oklahoma fans, let's let's get away from the six and seven record and what Lincoln Riley did or whatnot. I think what we need to just come to realization is that, hey, we overestimated the talent that was on this team. No doubt. There's talented guys in certain areas of this team, but it's just the fact that, hey, you had to plug and pull this year and just play. And what, go ahead. You, you know, Chris, what I, sorry for interrupting no, you. you go, what, 
I, I was just going to kind of add to what you were saying. You know, let, let's quit being, you know, six and seven game winners and, and let's move back to where we were. But, and you hit the nail on the head, is we've got to, or, or OU's got to shore up the defense. I mean, offense has not been a huge issue ever, honestly, for OU. Right. But the defense has been problematic continually. And, and, you know, Lincoln's done the same thing at, at USC, offense, offense, but no defense. I mean, uh, hell, you get your ass beat by Tulane that hadn't been in a bowl game in 83 years. Uh, but <laughs> it's Lincoln ball. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, it's the defense. It's, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's defense that has got to be shored up. Well, Jason said something uh, last night that, I mean, it, it pretty much, it, to me, it summarizes everything that we're saying right now is that this new staff that we have is night and day. It's different as far as attention to detail and practice, as far yeah. as scouting reports, the whole nine yards is different. And, I mean, there's, there's, there's numerous reports about, you know, this coaching staff not being – I guess, happy with the attention to detail um, uh, that these players had. I mean, obviously, we can go back to, you know, some of the conversations that Danny Stutzman has mentioned that he's had with uh, with BV, but just from a whole, all, uh, like, from a preparation standpoint, it just wasn't cutting the mustard. So that's also something, you know, and Coach, I'm sure that you watched uh, a bunch of OU games and you can tell us, you know, one thing I said to Jason was like, hey, I think that, and especially in some of our, our our zone coverages, we're playing too deep in our clouds. I felt mm-hmm. like, okay, so are we – I can see that we're still trying to uh, to learn this defense by that. I mean, if you go to go to the Florida State game, um, you'll see some guys who are, are – are, I mean, we're, we have guys in the area, but they're so deep in their clouds or they're deep in this spot. Guys are trying to run to their spot – and they're yeah. thinking too much instead of just reacting. And I think yeah. once we get past that, I think that's whenever this defense is going to look how it's supposed to when the players are reacting more than they're, they're than just thinking, you know? Because it's just one of those things where you have really good athletes like Aguaybu, you want him just to be an athlete and be able to go out there and just have free range to just wreck havoc. You don't want him to sit there and have to think the game out necessarily uh, for every single play, every single drive. Well, and well, I think that that was something we talked about early in the season is that they didn't look like they were – they looked like they were thinking too much and not flying to the football and being athletic enough. You know what I mean? Well, Go ahead, Coach. But that goes back to what y'all were talking about a second ago is if you don't take them – if you don't prepare them in practice for those things, they're, right. they're not going to play fast. They're You know, they're great athletes and they look like they're playing fast but they're not playing as fast as their potential they could possibly play. And they can play faster. And, and you know, like you said, you, you, the coverages you're running, you're playing that too deep, uh, you know, and, and I've noticed in some of their games, I'm thinking, why in the heck are those corners playing so deep when, <laughs> when uh, all they got to do is throw the out route. They just need three yards and, and you're yeah. playing seven yards off. I mean, right. And it's got to be situational. You got to, you know, it's okay if you're playing seven yards deep and, and they're looking at, at third and, and 15. But right. again, 
questionable, but I think it goes back to that coaching piece, paying attention to that detail and putting their kids in the best situation possible to be successful. Well, and something with, you know, I saw on here, Kirk, thanks for coming on Kirk and talking, but you know, something that it's easy to say this, but when these are not your kids that you recruited and they haven't been playing the same type of defense as what they're not even kind of close to the same thing as what as what they're used to it's easy to say that he should have been better at his job and i don't and i don't think that there's any of us that are going to tell you that 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 bv did a, the best job he's ever done is it understandable that some of it yes because of the fact that first off these are just not his kids mm-hmm. um i think he tried to make it work but you can't tell me that you know something that i had jp on the show earlier in the season and and he was talking about you know, how many times, if you've ever coached anything, you can, and coach, you can attest to this, how many times you went over and over and over and over the same thing, and they still just didn't do it when it came to be time for the game. You know, you can, at some point, it becomes about the player himself doing your job, you know. So, you know, you can, it's easy to, it's easy to to put it all off on the coaches and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong that they, that they don't deserve any kind of, Mm-hmm. any kind of uh you know critiquing or or even some of the some of the blame for what's going on but at some point as a player i mean we've all played sports you still have to go out there and get the job done the coach can't do it for you and and that's something that's going to be glossed over for a long time because that the the national perspective the national you know lens that everybody is looking through is saying 6 and 17 couldn't get it done first year coach but right. inside of the OU fandom, I think there's a a good number of OU fans who would tell you, hey, uh, one of the hardest parts of the season was just realizing at some point that, man, some of these kids that we were really excited about, they just don't translate to what is happening now, to this new uh, coaching staff, like the scheme and all the rest of that, you know? Because, like I said, Marcus Stripling, a guy like Clayton Smith, um, I mean, the list goes on. You know, you thought he, early in the season, Kendall Dennis was out there. You thought, okay, I mean, coming into the season, you thought, okay, well, Josh Josh Eaton would probably be able to, you know, he's played some good ball um, these past couple of years. He's been inconsistent, but mainly because, you know, just the time on the field, the snaps, his snap count hasn't been, uh, you know, all that high. But at the same time, it's just, it's just hard to, you know, sit there and swallow the fact that, hey, some of these players just didn't translate to the scheme. And right. I agree with you. And that's what I was saying is that a lot of that stuff, you know, and again, Kirk, you know, top 25 class time after time, it's easy to say that, but that is not everybody that was there. I, I'd love to know which one of these guys we're talking about. You know, you, there's a lot of people that continue to say that that whole narrative that got pushed out there by Lincoln and by, of course, Colin Cowherd about, oh, they left over a 11 and two team. You know, when the truth of it was, most of this team is particularly on defense. It was gone. They either went to the league or they left. And so it was, you know, I don't know. I don't see the blue chip guys that were supposedly here and, and, and on that defense. I don't know which ones you're talking about. So, you know, it, it, you can say what you want. They weren't either developed up until that point. And, and yeah, you could say it's up to BV to do his job. Uh, and 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 develop them, but in one season. But but and let me and you just hit the nail on the head right there. In in one season is the question you just gave us, and and 
you know what? If you haven't coached, you don't understand that you don't just come in and all of a sudden you're going to get all those guys to understand your whole wave of magic wand and it's there. You it know. takes time. And, and I think it was mentioned earlier already by Chris, but you know what? Some of those guys already have those schemes. And I saw somebody post it. Well, he ran some, they, they ran some three, three, five. Well, just cause you line up in three, three, five guys, there's many, many things you can do out of the three, three, five scheme. And, and, and you've got to look at your players and again, Play that three three five to every specific player and put them in the right situations. Uh, but again, you know, when you're overhauling something, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, so it's I, I think we're going to see an improvement uh, this next season. I I, I hope not, <laughs> but but I, I think you're going to see it. I really do. I, I don't think that it could go anywhere but up, could it? And real quick, Mike. Uh, I appreciate what you're saying with with Kirk, but just so we understand, he is a Division One football player. Kirk Robbins is who we're talking. Him bringing this stuff up, he played Division One football, so it's where he's not just talking out of both sides of his butt. So I, I get what you're saying, Kirk. I don't necessarily agree with you on a lot of this and stuff, but and the truth of it is, is that. It, as we said, can you just wave that magic wand and hope that these guys pick it up immediately? No. Um, but that being said, uh, <clears throat> and I know you do have some thick skin, bud, but, you know, again, just wanted to say thanks a lot, guys, for – and I appreciate all this interaction as well and and, and the opinions that you guys have because it's important uh, to the show as well. So and, and I agree with a lot of you guys on this stuff. And, again, I don't think that any of us are sitting here saying that uh, they did the best job that they possibly could have done as a coaching staff, and that includes offensively. Yeah. No, look, we still got a we still got a ways to go, but it's a process, and you trust the process. And the whole thing is, is that hey, some teams just catch the right magic and the right <laughs> right juju, and no sometimes, and that's what happened this year. Okay, so. I mean, well, if you think about like what we talked about yesterday, you know, when we were off air and saying, "Hey, man, they had five games that they lost." by less than one touchdown by a touchdown or less. What? I mean, just on the, the, the law of averages would not allow that same thing to continue going on yeah. to where you're losing like that week. I after mean, week and, after the, week. and the thing about it is it's like, you know, I'm, I don't want to go back and forth, but Kirby smart was seven and five in his first season. And then Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes is, he's, he's had really good years at SMU, but as of late, that hasn't been a consistent thing. So, you know, right, right. Like, hats off to TCU for making the college football playoffs and getting to the national championship game. But, you know, that's an anomaly in itself. Sitting here talking about a program that that's built on seven, seven national championships to claim more. But it's yeah, just yeah. one of those things where it is what it is. And it's easy just to kind of nitpick at these things. This coaching staff and everybody, they, they know. And that's the reason why you saw this recruiting class and you saw the, uh, the battle that was for Peyton Bowens. Coach, I know that's probably – a sore spot for you. Buddy. Hey, hey, you're trying to kick my tail already, huh? No, 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 no. It, it, it's not. It, it's all good. But uh, what I was going to say, just kind of moving moving on a little bit, I, I don't know if you had something else to, uh, to talk about, but I was going to say, sure. I think Mims is, is pretty much the – it's kind of the talk of the town right now, seeming that we don't know what the heck he's going to do. Coming into – to this week, Tuesday, which is today, was supposed to be the, uh, the day that 
supposedly he announced whether he was going to stay or he's going to go. Right. Hearing and I hadn't seen the of, announcement. Yeah. Just hearing all types of reports that, you know, he's already picked out his facilities, already picked out everything that he possibly wants to do uh, to, in preparation for the draft uh, already. But then you're also hearing reports that he's going back and forth with that decision because coming back may actually benefit him. So nobody knows. Right. And when we talked about that last night, I, I haven't seen a single thing that said that he's an early round guy, Uh which means to me, if you're anything after, if we're talking anything after third round, you're not guaranteed anything, you know? And so to me, I don't know. If, if I'm Marvin and you've got an opportunity to come back and, and be on a better offense than even what it was, which I think that we all know that it wasn't perfect and it needed to be perfect in order for them to win more than what they did this season. Um, but there were, he definitely left some, some plays on the field that would have probably helped his draft stock tremendously. And I think that as well as he played in the last two games between the bowl game and then the Texas Tech game, I would think that, you know, that's – a if you could build on that one more season, then you ought to give yourself a better opportunity moving forward. Of course, if he's got Michael Johnson telling him that he needs to be going, then I could understand why you would, I guess that that, that, that could definitely get in your head. And it, cause we're talking about a world-class speed guy that if you're going to work with him and he's worked with some of the best receivers in the, in the NFL right now, um, can't necessarily blame him, but it just seems like a roll of the dice for me that you don't have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, and coach, I don't know what your, what your thoughts are on that as well, but you know, it, to me, I haven't seen anything that had him graded higher than fourth round. Well, and, and, and that's exactly right. There's not been anything because he, he's not in that, in, in that position to, to be in the to go in the early rounds. But, but again, I, I think sometimes guys got to think about, again, you, you think about those kids, you know, I, I don't know about some of these guys and their, and their home lives, what, what that looks like. And if they get a chance to go and make some money, uh, you know, that kind of leads it to the forefront. Uh, and, and so, you know, there's so many intangibles that go into making those decisions that, right. you know, I don't know. I, well, and I guess the next thing would be to talk about you cannot if you cannot put yourself in that position and give yourself another year to be right. a little bit more successful and move you up into a better position, uh, you should probably take it. Mm-hmm. He, he's a guy, Mims is a guy that draws a lot of comps to a lot of wide receivers in the league, to be honest with you, because I've heard even Chris Godwin, I was like, they think he's that fast. What? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know about uh, that. He's a baller, man. He's a gamer, and he's sneaky fast. He he, has, he is fast. He has first to second round potential, in my my opinion. But it's, it's just putting it together. Obviously, there were some drops and all the rest of that. But from his freshman year till now, even though he only had thirty six catches last year, how I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's a gamer. He's a guy who can go out there. And he, he's he's going to sneak in on a lot of uh, people. He he's a character guy. So he's a guy that you want in your locker room and all of that, you know? He's a guy who's going to do really well in the interviews, not going to have any baggage or anything crazy. Nobody's going to have anything crazy to say about him. He's sure. a guy that could go in there and actually show out. And if 
kind of the rumors are true where he would be training and all the rest of that stuff. If he has the right 40 time, people are going to look at that and say, I know what type of potential that he has. I've seen him at his best and, and, and I've seen him against some, some of the best, you know, sure. he's, he's a one, but he's a guy in the league that you can stick in the slot or you can stick, uh, you know, outside. He's probably a, a, a wire, a, probably a, a wide receiver too. Maybe a, uh, probably a three right now. Smart. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that he's a guy who, who can not only be serviceable, but also just, you know, I, he's a guy that can stick in. And, and I think that at, at, at worst, his floor could be like a Michael Gallup. Well, and Michael's been good. So, yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's that he's a good player. And I'm not saying that that's not where he could get. I, I agree with you on that. I think that Marvin's really good. Sure. Um, I just feel like you, you – and listen, if you're betting on yourself, I mean, you can't necessarily blame him for that. The guy has proven that he's a big time player in big time moments. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like he could absolutely, you know, uh, he's going to stick at some point in the NFL. I don't think that that's that's necessarily the issue. My feeling <laughs> is, is that you want you, you get slotted on where you get drafted and that's what you get paid. So that, you know you can make it easier on yourself coming back one more year. You're going to get paid if you come to Oklahoma anyway, you know, because of the fact that you're going to come in and you're going to be the number one receiver more than likely. Right. Yeah. And coach, I mean, I, cause I think our friend Ty, shout out to Ty from around his head with sports. I think he's the way, way he said it, you know, when we were on their podcast, I, I think it was him or, or another guy that does the show with us, but Basically, there's no just grades by rounds. Like it's it's either day one, day two, or day three, and those are the grades that you basically get. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. There's, there's I, no I, I I still think if he gives himself another year, he's going to do himself a lot of a lot a lot of good because I I think he's about to bust at the seams. Yeah. I agree. And uh, good. That's a great question uh, and kind of a good segue that Matt just asked, asking, have we heard anything on Dylan Gabriel? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what <clears throat> is what Mims is waiting on. I think that that's a good that's a good call. And from let's just talk about that. What we kind of spoke about last night. It appears that maybe I mean, right now, as of now, Dylan has not made a decision. And it looks like that I think that Oklahoma is not really wasting a lot of time as far as as making plans in case he doesn't come back. Um, what are you What are you hearing on that as far as that goes, Chris? Uh, I'll just let you go ahead with it. So, I mean, the wild rumor. There's a wild rumor out there, and, and I'll just put it like this: There's a wild rumor out there about a certain quarterback in, in, on the West Coast. Let's just put it like that: Pac-12. All right. Uh -huh. And I'll just leave it at that, that that could be pretty much your guy if something were to happen. But it's a faint rumor. But, it, you know, I've seen wilder things happen. I saw, like I said, I'll go back to it. I saw Lincoln Raleigh leave last year while I was eating my bowl of Chipotle and it dropped on the ground. I think that was a <laughs> Yeah. Outlet. The night after he said he's not going to, to LSU, then the next morning you find out he all asked to the, to the beach. <laughs> Yeah, but, but no, I mean, I've seen wilder things happen, but I don't know. You know, to me, like, like I've said, I've said it a bunch of times. One of the really interesting things, and somebody in the, in the comments, they may keep up with 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 this more. But if Gabriel is to leave, you got to go and look at a guy like Sam Hartman. Mm -hmm. Got to, 
You got, got it. it. I mean, hey, that's <laughs> that's a, the first thing he said earlier. He goes, "Don't you even start with that Sam oh, Hartman crap." <laughs> but, but here, here's why I think that Sam Hartman makes sense for OU because Levy's offense is a lot of different things, but it's RPO based too, right? Right. Right. And right. Sam Hartman, I feel like, would be able to translate well to that simply because he plays and he played in that Wake Forest system, mesh route system, which is basically just a seriously delayed RPO, in my opinion. You don't know what's going to happen with that. But basically, I think that it would he would translate well to that. I think that's a guy that you would have to go and say, hey, look, I know you want to go to Notre Dame or whatever the case may be, but give us a look. Um but outside of that, like I said, I, I'll just leave it there. I mean, that's the wild rumor. Uh, a USC, I mean, not USC guy, but a West Coast guy, Pac-12 guy. That. Um, that and if it's the, if this if the guy that we're talking about that you had said yesterday, I, I got to tell you, I I could see that, and I, hey man, I would welcome it even if you're not. And that's if, of course, you're not going to bring Dylan back. If for yeah. whatever reason Dylan decides that he would be better off somewhere else which i don't understand that part that's where to me if, if you're dylan i don't see what it is that you think that you're going to get anywhere else whether it be nil money or anything else mm-hmm. i can't imagine anybody paying you better or you being in a better situation than what you're going to be in in year two with a coach that you know well he recruited you at ucf he you played for him there now you've played for him here and you get another year with them mm-hmm. with upgraded talent all over the – and, I mean, good grief. Start thinking about the, the backfield and start thinking about some of these receivers that, that you got coming in. If you get Marvin back, I can't even imagine a better situation for you if you're Dylan Gabriel. But – Well – Go I, ahead. You know, I, I'm telling you. It, it, guys, we're just – what, we're four days away from the portal being done? Uh, and, and, and the longer this goes, I don't see Gabriel going anywhere. I, yeah, I, I think the longer it, I, I would think if he was going somewhere, he would have already pulled the trigger on that. Yeah. It uh, seems like he would have too. Yeah, the, over, the overwhelming consent, the, the consensus is that he's coming back, but there's always that thought that he, he, sure. he well, and, and, and as an Oklahoma fan, everybody's gun shy after what happened this past season. You know what I mean? When you start thinking, well, you lost two five-star quarterbacks and everything. I mean, you know, it, you don't want to screw around and wait and, you know, and, and see what happens. And then all of a sudden you don't end up with anybody. I think that more people would say that they were very lucky to have a guy like Gabriel even still be around. Now, I would tell you that um, and something, this is something I had heard from JP and Travel one time that they were talking about that they didn't think that they handled the situation with the quarterbacks very well by just giving it to Gabriel, saying he's going to be the starter because that you didn't even allow for other people that might be able to come in and compete, which would have given depth to the to the room, which I, you know, I really wish they would have done that as well. That was something that I always thought. There's definitely going to be, I think, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a quarterback competition next season. Mm-hmm. Who is in that competition is still up for grabs. But, um, you know, Jackson Arnold, you know, I feel like he's probably going to be – I think by the end of the year, he's probably going to be the starter. That's just my thoughts on it. And that could be part of the reason why you're seeing 
you know, why you're seeing Dylan waffle on whether he's going to come back or not. Because maybe, although it seems to me like a competitor doesn't care. Exactly. Know? That's what I was just fixing to say. If if that's what's scaring him, you don't want him back. You True. you want somebody that's going to compete for the position because no matter what, that's going to make OU better. Who you know that competition. If you can if you can get kids to compete at every position, you know, and not just have somebody say, "Oh, they're just locked in here." No, if you can get them to compete, you're going to be a better football team at every position. And I don't think that, that Jackson's been coming, or at least publicly he hasn't come in and said, I want to be the starter day one. He hasn't. In fact, he's said the opposite of that, of I'm happy to work and learn from Dylan Gabriel. I think yeah. they have a, they have a good relationship from everything that I've heard. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like that that's – to me – Man, he's a Hawaiian kid. Those kids ain't scared of nothing when it comes to that kind of stuff. DG, I, I don't see it. I don't. I do not see him exactly. being afraid of that. I'll bet. You, I, I'm going to bet you both a Dr Pepper Zero that he <laughs> does not leave. Okay, uh, I'm, I I'm not. That, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't feel like he's probably going anywhere either. I, hmm. I, I just don't see it. Um, but again. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a thought. And, and, you know, obviously the closer that you get down to Sunday, I mean, you would think that that's probably the case is that, that we're probably at the point now where you're looking at, uh, he's got to be coming back. I can't imagine anywhere else that, that he would even, I, I just still don't even, I can't even consider the situation that would be a better situation than what he's got if he comes back to OU. So uh, we'll move on from that guys. Um, go, to, go to Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm sure you, hey, listen, I bet you guys would take him, wouldn't you? Oh, oh, we'd snatch him up in the New York second. <laughs> I can't blame you, man. I can't blame you. They, they what did they, how many games did they, did they get over 200 yards or, you know, last season from the quarterback position passing? It's, it uh, wasn't much. Wait, uh, let's not even talk about that. I'll puke. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then as far as like, but obviously, hey, one of the things that, that, uh, I saw the other day, and this was something that I hadn't really had a chance to bring up yet, but uh, Isaiah Cole coming back, we were talking about that defensive line position. That was one of your – that was probably your most uh, consistent guy along the defensive line this season. So that's a that's a good sign for, for Oklahoma, I think. He has a chance to really play himself into um, at least a day two guy somewhere mm -hmm. around that. He has a chance to really play himself into that, that role – um, he's got the body type, he's got the frame, he's got the want to. It's just mm -hmm. all about putting it together on the field and having that production this year. Because, uh, I, you know, I think, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think highly of Cope. Yeah, I do too. And I, I like him a lot. Um, you know, again, just with what you're looking at and everything else, I mean, if you start putting together the, the class that they've got so far with early signing day, some of the options uh, with the later one, and some of these possibilities that are in the portal, I saw some questions in there about Clemson guys. I know there's been some some rumors here and there. I have not heard anything concrete about any of the guys from Clemson so far, which surprises me. Um, it really surprises me, but I have not heard anything concrete about anything. The one guy that they were talking about, he's going to the draft. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I would guess that the guy from A&M, you know, talking about A&M, that would be a big move for them. Um, I, 
I guess here's uh, to me. I'm I'm hoping that they're really making a push for Bothroyd from from Wake. Uh, one of, one of the guys that you also got to look at too, and I'm gonna go to offensive side, but you got to be looking at that uh, that tackle from uh, Stanford. Uh, yep, you, you we were got, talking about him earlier. Yeah, Jacob Sex with Jacob Sexton going down and whatnot. You got to figure out what you're gonna do at left tackle, and I think Guyton is a guy who can uh, do exactly what he needs to do on that on that on that right side. But you just right. got to build build depth. Which, to be honest with you, if I'm if if I'm comfortable with anybody on the team as far as just coaching staff wise, it's definitely beating both. I think Beaton Bow knows exactly what he's going what what he what excuse me, he knows exactly what to do on an offensive line as far as putting guys out there. And I mean in Florida State he's been the most consistent group in on the team for 10 years. And, and that Florida State game, I mean, we played a lot of young guys, but we also finally got to see Savion Bird out there. And I think say I mean, I think with a year under his belt and with just as the season progresses, he's gonna get really, really good. I think so too, man. And that's what coach was talking about that again. I was, I told you guys I'd gotten so sick during that time. And I didn't really watch the game. I had to watch highlights of it, but uh, I, when I woke up, I know coach was talking about that. He was impressed, you know, and it's hard for him to get too up about any Oklahoma team, but you, you were happy about what you saw from them as far as, you know, the way that they played. I know that coach. So yeah. Do you got to get, do we got to get you out of here? Uh, Chris? Yeah, I got to jump off real quick, guys. I appreciate y'all for letting me uh, come on. Definitely, uh, this this is not going to be the last time for sure. No, not at all. Collab and everything. So, well, we uh, appreciate you coming on too, and uh, you know, enjoy the one over there. Uh, look, I will talk to you after I get back from San Antonio. Here, I'm going to be down there for the All American game and stuff. So, uh, oh, yeah, we'll talk sure. to you whenever whenever we get back. All right, guys. I'll holler at you. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. Have a good one. <clears throat> yeah, and Jimmy, uh, yeah, I, as he was talking about, I agree with that. That's one of the things that you're going to see a lot. I, I feel like you're going to see a lot of big big things coming from that. And, the, the, again, the offensive line has not been the issue. Uh, that's probably been the most consistent part of Oklahoma's team uh, has been that on that all on that old line for, for probably 10 years. So I, I agree with that part. Something else, and I, I don't know if you saw this at all, Coach. Uh, Texas A&M, you know, for for the for the for the school that is all about how do I want to put this? Hmm. Well, you know, they're all about uh, just a good, you know, feel good program, and you know, it, just the way that you do things. It's such a perfect thing to do they brought in for offensive coordinator bobby petrino today <laughs> yeah i i I'm at, <laughs> that's uh you know and and i tell you what here, here's the thing he you know they're search they're they're, they're searching over there and, oh. and uh you know bobby petrino is definitely not the answer I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, for for a team that they're looking for some kind of, what is the word we're looking for here? You know, if you're looking for the to have the right mix of people and the and you know, uh, it just dry. I, I can't even <laughs> believe it. It was it was like I was like, wow, you just took a dumpster fire and threw a gas can on top of it. Yes. Wow. But you know what. I, I, golly, I can't say that that breaks my heart. 
Oh no, I, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I don't care. <laughs> I think it could it could be very entertaining <laughs> by the time it's all said and done. No, I and I love it. I, I think it's uh, you know, I again I'm not a an A and M guy myself and, and it's uh you know, yeah. from their head coach all the way through the program and like you said, it's they're they're gonna uh, again with Bobby the the culture's gonna change, but I'm not sure it's gonna change in the right direction. Kirk, you'd love to come on and disagree with what? With speak. Go ahead. <laughs> I it, you know what? I'll send you a freaking link if you want to talk about this. <laughs> Look, I get it that there's a reason, but when you have hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, you want me to send you a link? Cause I'd love to hear this. Um, because I got to tell you again, Kirk being a guy that's, that's played college football, you know, I would give you, I'll give you something on that. Bobby is a great play caller. I'm not saying that he isn't. And that's probably the biggest issue. If, if, if I could think about, if I was thinking about here, Kirk, I'm going to send you a LinkedIn real quick. Um, if I'm thinking about where you're going with this, it's the fact that right now Jimbo's a mess when it comes to play calling. I still wouldn't tell you that uh, I think that, that that's a great idea, but hold well, on. And that's part of my reasoning there too, is because I don't think, I don't think him and Jimbo are going to be a good mix together. That's I'm not saying Petrino's a bad coach and, and you heard me say culture, and I, I think I think those two are gonna butt heads more than we than we might think. Yeah, and well, and just just because of the fact that you don't really see Kirk, I went ahead and threw that into your messenger. Uh so if you want to jump on, go ahead and do that. Uh you can just use your phone. So just uh open that up and I'll let you in. But uh, yeah, and, and the thing is is like is whether or not can you get him can you get Jimbo to let go of that playbook. No, and that's and that's what I'm saying. I, I I think you could have brought anybody into the mix, and and you're still gonna struggle because of Jimbo. Right. I, I'd yeah. rather have I, I'd rather have Bobby Petrino as the head coach than Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Listen, I mean, when it comes to I mean the, everything, here he comes. Okay. Kirkster, welcome to the show, bud. Been a while since I've seen you, but uh, hey, welcome to the show. And I want to hear this part. So again, folks, everybody, this is uh, Kirk Robbins. He is a former Division One uh, receiver, so offensive guy. He was uh, for Artesia. He was one of the best uh, receivers of our of all time to come out of Artesia. So uh, talk to us about what you're thinking here, um, Coach Robot. Nice to meet you. Hey, what's up? I, yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, first of all, I live in Arkansas and I have for 17 years. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I followed the career of Bobby Petrino closely. I'm also an offensive guy, like coming from Artesia, you know, just, you know, Probably not. <laughs> yeah. How could you not be an offensive guy? Um, <laughs> and I'm always intrigued by people who, I mean, I've said it before, do more with less. Um, sure. And Bobby Petrino has always done that wherever he's gone offensively, he's made an immediate impact. So whatever offense he's running, it has to be pretty simple. 
and he can use whatever people to move the ball down the field with whoever. Arkansas played his Missouri State team this year, and yep. they moved the ball at will against our defense, and our defense was salty this year. I mean, we stood up against – we had a great game against yep. Alabama. We had, a, <laughs> we had a great game against most people we played when our whole D was healthy at Arkansas. And, I mean, he had a very successful game. He did it at Western Kentucky. I mean, so – well, I he's definitely re he's so reinvented much. himself more than once. I mean, for all the, everything that's happened in his career, that's allowed him to have these setbacks because there's I been think he plenty has of this, those. I think his offensive scheme is pretty simple for kids to learn. It's it, it's simple to translate to quarterbacks. It's and so for whatever reason, he could go anywhere. And I think that A and M is struggling so much. Jimbo Fisher at this point has zero choice but to allow him to just step in and call the plays. Like, I think they've already said that like day one with the hire, he's not calling the plays anymore. <laughs> well, I think so too, but except for the fact that what does he have to let go of anything? They owe him all that money. He doesn't have to do shit, you know? And that's, that was my point with Petrino coming in. I still don't think Jimbo is going to let go. And, and I think that's where the struggles are going to be. And I, and again, I, I'm probably going to be a hundred percent wrong, but I, Jimbo Fisher doesn't let go. He hasn't done it yet. You know, yeah, the difference is, is like Jimbo Fisher hasn't done much offensively in the SEC. Exactly. And Bobby Petrino already like we when he was here, we were crushing it. Like we sucked on defense, but man, we can move the ball with anybody. You know, I think. So I think I think he'll do fine there. I think it was a gutsy hire. Yes, was it a last ditch effort? But like. I don't know what other better offensive-minded person was out there to, to grab. I think they were looking at the other as far Riley. as guys that are that are. Yeah. I think they were looking at the Riley at TCU, Lincoln's brother. But sure, I don't. Yeah. This is like a sure bet. You know he's going to go there, and if you just allow him to run the offense, like he's done it. If you look at his last ten jobs, it's like, oh, has he ever failed on offense? Like I, it's a it's a safe bet for me. Right. And I get what you're saying. I, I guess my my feeling on the whole thing it's not necessarily that. It, that he, I know he knows how to call offense. I mean, that's obvious. He even did it. He did a good job for the short amount of time that he was in Atlanta. Um, you know, he, it was okay there too. But what I would say is, is that, you know, the reluctance that Jimbo's had to give up any kind of play calling, is he going to get completely out of the way? Because the truth of it is, he doesn't have a lot of incentive to do so. They owe him $85 million or $89 million, whatever it is. Yeah, he I mean, could trust easily me, I say, you know what, you can. Fire. Oh man, me too. But and it it does have the ability to turn into a, you know, to a real explosion because of the fact if, you know, I could see Petrino being the type of guy that would speak up if they're not if Jimbo was not allowing him to do his job. So it could get real ugly, you know. Yes, I mean, so the I see this comment down here. The Hogs defense was terrible. The Hogs defense when everybody was healthy was formidable for the sec if we were in the big 12 or some other conference like we had a salty defense when everybody was out there like yes like when they, yeah, they had an all-american linebacker that i mean there was yeah there like was when moments people were that, hurt we sucked booty chatter like it was awful and you're right and and the thing is though but they went from really good to the start of the year i mean think oh, about top it they lost that <laughs> when they yeah. lost that game when they lost that game on that weird deal uh you know the game against so, a&m I mean, yeah. that was kind of the turning point for them at that moment. But then they got a lot of injuries, and that's how – and, man, college football can be that way, particularly in the SEC. You can go from 
from, you know, winning the whole thing to nothing real quick. So, uh, you know, I, I do think that, uh, I appreciate your, your, yeah, you no know, definitely your, your opinion on it. And, and I'm not even saying that I necessarily completely disagree. I just have a hard time believing that Jimbo will give it up because of the fact that he hasn't yet. And that, does he have any kind of incentive to do so when you owe him 90 million? I mean, if he decides, well, Hey, screw you, I don't, I don't have to change games. His incentive needs to be, if he'll let him do it, he can win some more ball. Games. Sure. The other thing we're not considering is yes, they owe him a ton of money, but is there some billionaire saying you're going to let somebody call the plays? Like that's a real thing too, is like, we have to, we owe this person a ton of money, but like he's in somewhat of control, but I mean, yeah. somebody could be telling him like, Hey, like, you're going to have to allow this. Otherwise this is going to go bad South. Like it could be a compromise at some point too. Yeah. Well, and I know that this has been something that, I mean, I think that they first visited about this about three months ago. This isn't really new. Um, I think obviously the hire was new. Uh, so it wasn't something that just came, you know, out of nowhere. He's been, they had talked about it before. So it's a, is it overly surprising? Somewhat, but then I guess the more we talk about it and the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, what else do you got to lose? I mean, you know, at this point, when you know you you went five and five and seven this season, you know, I mean, and it could have been a lot worse. It, in fact, it should have been worse. But you know, the the Miami game they should have lost. They definitely should have lost the Arkansas game. You know, they already did lose. I mean, it was oh man, and they started yeah. off number six at that. So. I don't know. It, it surprisingly though, they somehow flipped it around with their and got another amazing recruiting class. You know, it wasn't as good as it. The as problem it was is when you get all these good recruiting classes, just like OU this last year. Like even with the new coach, they're so the kids are so young. You get so many, so few upperclassmen that when things go bad quick, you got a lot of immaturity, and it just it turns real know. quick. You know, like so it, I, it's easy to see why it, somebody with a bunch of top twenty-five classes can turn real fast because. I mean, right. the I don't give a crap really kicks in real quick with kids in the maturity level. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And and especially in this day and time of with all the NIL stuff and the ability to leave whenever you want, you know, um, uh, but man, it's a different world that we're living in right now than what it was, you know, even just a few years ago. I love parts of it. I don't love bowl season anymore. It's not as fun. But I mean, I some of it I'm cool with. Some of it I don't love. But. Right, well, you know, you know, I again, and I, I y'all may disagree with me, but until we get into maybe a twelve-team deal, and uh, yeah, you know, then 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 I think excitement will pick back up. But right now, guys, bowl season. I, I mean, I, I I'm not sure that I watched half of the games this year. Uh, yeah. And you know, I used to have three TVs set up yeah. and watching yeah. all the games, and and now I. I can barely get to my get myself to turn the TV off. Uh, I know it's 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 hard to watch a lot of them, and particularly when you start having a bunch of opt outs and things like that, where you're not getting the whole team even together. And even like Oklahoma, I mean, they had a bunch of guys that were missing. It was good to see some guys that you're going to get something out of next year that you hope you're going to get something out of next season. But you know, like the the running back tandem and everything else. But that being said, there's a lot more to to it, yeah, the the bowl season's not near what it used to be. Nobody cares, yeah, which is why it was weird to me when the Rose Bowl was kind of holding up that whole deal on the playoff over the Rose Bowl. And it's like, bro, nobody cares about it now. What are we even talking yeah. about? 
Yeah, you know, and I don't even care. Well, like, what are they going to care about it at once it's a 12 team playoff? They're really not going to care about it. Yeah, and it used to matter like when Tulane would upset uh, USC, but now it's like, I mean, we all could have said, like, yeah, like, oh, I think yeah. that it's not that big of an upset. You know what I mean? It's as much as other than the fact that it's Tulane. Hey, it was at stadium, boys. <laughs> yeah. True that. True that. So this, so NIL and Portal are going to ruin the game. So like, oh. I just want to, I want to, I want to give you perspective though a little bit just from somebody who played. Like, there is some points of ruining the game, but there are some things that are definitely wrong with transfer rules and other things like that for players that absolutely. I think that's suck. the problem. Is the and so the like portal. I, you know, Jen, I went to New Mexico. When I went to New Mexico, they were a top 25 program. They threw the heck out of the ball, and my coach left in my first year. And then I got a coach who came in and ran the veer, and that I was a receiver, and that wasn't cool, and I didn't want to be there anymore. That wasn't fun for me. So that I mean, so there needs to be some happy medium. I don't care about making money. I don't, but but I do need. I I would prefer. I would have preferred to go walk on to Texas Tech when Mike Leach got hired because he was throwing the heck out of the ball. I mean, he was and you he killing it. Loved you, good. Yeah, grief. I mean, they would have killed. They were killing it. They had a bunch of random people playing wide receiver, like. So I, I mean, there's two sides to all of it. They need to make it easier for players to move when you got link, you know, when you got Urban Meyer going from all these schools when he did it. He went, he went from Bowling Green to Utah to Florida. Well, heck, man, I want to go from yeah. Utah to Florida to run that offense. Like, you know, like Alex Smith would have been great at Florida. Like, <laughs> oh man, could you imagine? I mean, really, they they so have like I mean, there the, needs to the be something to make it easier for me in college to say, you know what? Like, I had a dream. And I shouldn't just have to give that up now because somebody wants to come run the veer. So, I, 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 mean, it, I, I don't have a meeting. problem necessarily with that. I think that the problem is, is that when you start having a guy like JT Daniels, that I mean, this guy has this will be his fourth school in four years, and he started at all of them. And so, yeah, it, when it when it gets to the point where it's supposed to be one time free, and that's really not what's happening. But the truth of it is, is right now the NCAA has no teeth. Used to they had but, all know. the they had all the teeth. They well, don't have anything. It's, it's a multi-billion org. Like it's so big, they could govern this. They like it's so humongous, they could absolutely see all this on a case by case basis. You know what I'm right. saying? Like sure. that. Like J T. Daniels. Like sorry, dude, yeah. you've been in four spread offenses. Get your degree and shovel on and go sell insurance. Like exactly. And right. You no know, coach. Like, do whatever you're gonna do. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But there, there, there's got to be some parameters, guys. And right now, we don't have any parameters. And if they'll get those in place, I, I, you know, and, and I tell you another problem I have, and you guys know this is going on. you got coaches from other teams calling players, mm-hmm. you know, hey, come to our place. I mean, and again, that goes back to having those parameters to where, those those kinds of things aren't going to creep into this mess because I agree with you. Is it, you know, like you said, you went to New Mexico, your coach left, now you're running the friggin' beer and and you're throwing it twice a game. Uh, you ought to <laughs> yeah. have the opportunity. You to ought go. to have yeah. the opportunity to go and follow your dream. And and so part of this is really good, but at the end of the day, we we just got to fine-tune it, and get some rules in here. Well, let me ask you this, yeah. guys, and this is something that with the, with the way that things are going as far as all this money that is that is that has been infused into the game with the playoff and all that, and you've got Fox and ESPN that are dumping huge amounts of money 
into the Big Ten and the SEC, namely. But even with ESPN and the Big 12, it, it, it bumped up its cash a little bit, even with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Now, I would argue that that's with inflation. It did not. But let's just say this. If, if I'm Fox and ESPN, I'm telling these, these commissioners to get your house in order. Because, damn it, you're the, when you had 40% of the players that went into the portal a year ago that didn't land anywhere, they didn't go back to their original schools, and all of a sudden they're just not playing anymore. This is an unsustainable way of going, or at least you are going to really hurt the product quite a bit. And if you are paying you know, 10 billion freaking dollars for the television rights for that, if I'm Fox and ESPN, I want – you to find a way to incentivize these kids hanging around because otherwise, I mean, you know, and you can't, don't tell me you can't do it. That was something that I saw Josh Pate talking about that saying, you know, Hey, 25,000, if you hang around for the second season goes up to 40 or 50,000 on the third. And then if you stay your entire four years, then, you know, you can get another hundred grand or whatever to a lot of players that would incentivize keeping you around. And maybe it would, kind of settle some of this down. But it's not just a matter of, say, the NCAA stepping in and doing something about it. This is something that these that these universities and these conferences have to get in order, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and let, let me ask you all this. I'm just curious about this. Do you all believe that there ought to be a limit where everybody's on the same plane and, and you're – I mean, this is all you can spend uh, because – you know, look at Oregon. Oregon has bukus of money. Sure. Years. I mean, Texas, is, Texas A&M, same thing. We, we can name a ton of them. But, but is it truly – we're not it's, – it's not on a level playing field. Oh, and no. So does it need to be that way? Has this ever been on a level playing field, though? No. No. So, no but I mean, it's not on a level playing field. But, like, what I will say is this is, like, there used to be times occasionally when there would be a mix up in power or things like that. Like you never went through a period of time when the sec was this dominant. Um, USC True. used to be really good. Notre Dame used to be really good. Utah went up when BCS started and spanked the hell out of Alabama. Like right. there used to be time when good coaches in the right period of something mattered, you right. know, like it, it, it really did. I mean, so, I mean, it, there well, used when the big 12 yes, started moving, a, when you but started now it's getting... like the, the collection is getting a little tighter and it's a little, I mean, it's a little bit more noticeable. The one thing is, is I don't think anybody's disclosed or like, I've never seen an article on ESPN or anything about like, here's the breakdown of NIL money by kid or like, I, I there's been no great report or data. You don't really have to do it. To say, That's like, why. And until we get that, like, I don't, it feels weird. Like, do I, I mean, I, I really, really does. But at the end of the day, there, you still have young kids and immaturity and you're still going to have A&M happen. But I do think like, I do think it's a, there needs to be some guardrails. Right. I you know, if not, you're paying almost like it. a luck. <laughs> yeah. If not, you're paying like a luxury tack that goes into like sure. a pot for yeah. the, the, the UNMs and the air forces of the world or whatever that can't do that. Like, so right. if you're going to be a Texas A&M, put a 
if they want to go above it, that's great. They're paying a luxury tax and sure. just like baseball. And then the well, see, and that's where I feel like they kind of screwed up where they kind of screwed this up where they're trying to say, okay, it can't be a part of your enticements to get somebody to come to school rather than saying, okay, no, go ahead and do that. That way we can regulate it. Because if you are do using that to get, if you're saying, okay, yeah, you can do that. And that was, that's all Saban and those guys that are screaming about that and wanted that to be a part of the rules. First off, the rules getting broken anyway. It doesn't matter. They've that's the rules that you can't use it as an enticement, but they do. So that being said, but because of the fact that they it is now a, a it's a rule that's being broken, then you're not going to have the real numbers uh, other than unless you just get some university leaking it or some guy here or there leaking it. So yeah, if you really want to get like- a handle on it, you might as well just go ahead and say Hey, just pay them. It's pay for play. Let them do it. Go ahead and do that. And then you can start worrying and looking at, okay, yeah, we can do. That's when you can say, yeah, go ahead and, and uh, let's put a cap on it. You know what I mean? Let's go ahead and put a, 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 a salary like, I'd cap be real interested to, to see kind of what happened, like from a financial perspective at USC, because like you don't be that crappy and you, we get all these people, like how much money was forked over for that to be relevant. Right. I'm sure that, like we'll never know, or maybe we will in a Netflix documentary five years from now, but like it's something significantly happened other than just Lincoln Riley going there. For it that was shift. right. And just like the A&M deal where he, you know, you've got Jimbo beating on the table and standing on it, screaming, we did not pay 30 million. Everybody knows you paid 30 million, bro. You don't have to lie. Even, yeah. you know, it's what are we talking about? Yeah. It, it, I mean, the bro Bible is a real thing. It's been around for a long time. Uh, that's that, those are real reporters from real from real publications. They just have that as a way to like that's their that's their diary. You might say, you know what I mean? That they're not. It's their way to to like report on some stuff that isn't going to get them fired, or you know, or run out of town with pitchforks. You know what I mean? It's, it's you just never know. But the truth of it is, it's it's a real thing. The Bro Bible is real, and it's it's real reporting, and it's it's stuff that you wouldn't hear otherwise because otherwise. Nobody's going to stick their name to that report. They're just not going to do it. It'd get them hurt. But that being said, we know damn good and well. That's what, I mean, Saban knew it. He threw him right under the bus. You know, I mean, not that he wasn't doing the same thing. Uh, again, to me, yeah. if, if as long as they're private contracts, just like what James just said in there, the, as long as they're a private contractor, but a contract between your the person that's paying the NIL, or the company that's, you know, paying for this endorser or whatever you want to call it, they don't have to disclose that. If it's, if it becomes, okay, Hey, we're going to enter this in as part of the school or whatever, then of course you would have some, some way to at least kind of control some of it. Otherwise I don't really see what else you can do aside from you're going to have to incentivize these kids to stay. And in order to do that, that's, that's going to take money and some of these other things as well. And I think that obviously things are going to have to evolve and they will evolve on their own. But the, the more this goes on, the, the less, it, the less, the less I love it. I just, I'm, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge fan of the whole thing. I like them getting paid. I think it's great that they, they needed to get paid. Um, I like the ability as for the reason of what you said, I agree with you. You know, you could have had amazing. Imagine the career that you might have had at Texas Tech, Kirk, you know, with your speed and being able to catch the ball the way that you did. You might have had I mean, you might have ended up in the NFL. You know what I mean? 
Um, uh, it's, it is what it is. It's funny that like she's that Hawaii and I said before they were getting paid, they stayed because of school and the game. I will say this, that when I graduated, I was the only person that came in in my class that graduated on time. So a lot of them still went and didn't graduate or didn't graduate on time. So right. I would say football players generally, other than maybe basketball players, men's basketball teams are the lowest graduating rates and classes of most colleges. I mean, I don't know if coach would agree, but I mean, a lot of players weren't going and graduating on time anyway, in general. And a lot of them weren't staying there probably any longer than they are now. I don't think, I don't think that affects them staying in college. No, I think if you're going for, if you're going to go and, and you're going to be one of those guys that's going to graduate, you're going to be that guy anyway. So, you know, whether or not, and, and the truth of it is, is the, the way that things are now, it actually makes it easier for you to be able to transfer if you have a degree and have, you know, yeah. eligibility. It's funny. Else. Somebody said, I wonder what Rep Bomar and JD are thinking now. Look at the Houston Texans backup quarterback. He came from a good system. They knew he was a good quarterback. He didn't transfer, he, but they thought, man, this kid is great. You know, I mean, right. he's not a great NFL quarterback, but like there were a lot of USC quarterbacks, you know, um, the guy that played for the Chiefs and the Patriots that never saw the field for USC. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Shoot. If you hadn't have said his name, if you hadn't have brought him up, I would have remembered Matt him or something like that. Matt. Um, I forgot his name, but like Castle, there were some people that made it very successful as backups in the NFL. Like they never sure. even saw the field that much in college. Well, look at Landry. I mean, if Landry football. hadn't gotten stuck behind Ben Roethlisberger, he probably, he probably gets, you know, once you get to that point where, you know, with Ben, he was, he played so much that even Matt he never Castle. got a real Thank opportunity. You, James. Matt, that's why I said Matt Castle. Yeah. So if yeah. you're looking at a guy like, even like a Landry Jones, Landry was good enough, just good enough to get out of here because these is going to cost you too much to be a backup, you know, if yeah. after that, when the, the way that the money slots, you know, it's, I think you're seeing the same thing with Mason Rudolph probably isn't going to play anymore now. You know what I mean? He hasn't yeah. done anything of significance. Um, whether he's a good enough backup quarterback, I don't really think he is. So, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where you can kind of miss your window that easy when it comes to yeah. the league. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Anything else, guys? Let's see. What were we? Oh, shoot. Yeah, we talked about, oh, obviously. Oh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is uh, apparently losing his job with the Cardinals as well. Not can't say that I'm shocked with that either. Um, Jeez, when did that know, come across? Just now or something? <laughs> it came across in the last hour or two. Yeah, it, it had just popped up. He's definitely on his way out the door. Um, I was well, surprised. When you pay that, Kyler Murray, it's going to be one or the other. And it, the, the sad thing is Cliff may be a good coach, but it, Kyler went in there and said, yeah, it's it's one of those things that. Uh, he, yeah, and the is, thing uh, about the but the weird thing with me was that they re-upped Cliff last year before they did the deal for Kyler. And then. The whole, but then Kyler became much more of a diva. Threw him under in the, the last twelve months. He became he became a diva overnight. Like he was. He did well. The whole the whole video game thing, and then him not. They're saying that he doesn't watch film and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that was what a what a great organization that Cardinals program is, aren't they? You know, just sit over there and you're gonna right as you pay the guy freaking two hundred million dollars, you you let that leak about him. You know yeah. what? In the hell? Yeah. <laughs> 
Baker didn't become a diva, Jim. He just got some bad coaching. He's on his eighth coach in four years. Like, let the kid sit at the Rams as a backup, and he'll go somewhere and start. Like, he's not – You watch. I think yeah. he'd probably hey, get the bad rap. Best he gets a bad idea, rap. The, the best thing for – hey, you're not going to get any arguments here from that from this group. Believe me, we're all Baker lovers. They needed the, – the thing about Baker, he finally got in a situation with a coach that is going to – not try to fit that square peg round hole type of deal. And I think that that's the problem with off, especially offensive coaches. They, they get this in love with their system so much that they're going to make you fit their system rather than fit their system around you. And I think the best coaches are the guys like a McVeigh or like Kyle Shanahan that are going to, you know, say, Hey, we're going to make it work for you. You know, what are you, what are your strengths and Baker's strengths are not sticking him in the pocket and freaking getting him beat to death. Like you did at Cleveland. And then it was a complete dumpster fire in Carolina too. So it's not like it was a whole, yeah. you know, I don't know. Baker might hey, end up with the jets. Why? Hey, Jay, I'm a Cliff Kingsbury fan. I like him. Like, I think he's a smart, good coach. Like they hired him for a reason. I think, you know, he would, go somewhere else and do fine. It's it's maybe a bad situation. He's going to end up – he's going to land on his feet somewhere, whether it's college or NFL. Or, I mean, he could be the youngest retired 40-year-old. He's the same age as I am. You know, like, yeah, he's fine. I'm not as he's big of a Cliff fan. I'm not as big of a huh? Cliff fan. But I'm not as big of a Cliff fan. But, uh, Coach, you saying you got to get? Yeah, I got to get going, guys. Thank you all. Y'all have a good night. Enjoyed all the perspectives. And, Appreciate uh, it, Coach. Uh, we'll talk to you whenever we get back, and I'll uh, – I'll see you on the next one. Okay. Y'all have a good one. All right, man. Bye-bye. All right. So, yeah, uh, as far as Cliff goes, I've I've never been a big – I thought that he was pretty overrated at, at Tech. Um, and I think that the way that he handled the whole Baker Mayfield situation while he was at Tech was kind of the start of that. And then, I mean, when you don't win with him or, or you know, Patrick Mahomes, eh, and the Big 12 wasn't great at that time. I mean, he didn't win – ever more than like seven games. Yeah. I mean, never... I'm a tech fan. Like that was, that was a team when I was a little high school kid in Artesia. Like I was a tech fan. So like, I'm still, that's no, my, listen, I, I, I mean, I was covering my team. that time whenever, whenever Mike Leach was there. And so I, I mean, I, I so my lifelong NFL team is the chiefs. And so when they pulled the trigger on Pat Mahomes out of college, I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that kind of tells you the, the difference in like, well, and of course, you know, obviously Andy Reid, you know, doing a great job with it. But to me, you know, you can't – it's it seems like it should have been easier to win with Pat Mahomes at Tech, you know, than it is to it's win in the tech. NFL. It's still love it, Texas. It is still Tech. It is it's still like, Tech. That's it's like an ugly man's Norman. It's like it, – it, it's like <laughs> – <laughs> this is a fair statement. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fair statement. I know. One of, yeah. It's I'm like not. if all vegetation and trees left Norman, it would just look like loving. <laughs> yeah. Listen. And, and I think that, I, I think that if you put him in a situation where he's an offensive coordinator, I think that he excels, you know, mm -hmm. I just don't know that he's a great off, a, a great head coach. Maybe a good college, maybe a good college coach with a good staff. He'd be a great NFL offensive coach with the, Like maybe he gets back, you know, yeah, so the rumor the that you're talking about about Levy, um, there there was a rumor. It, well, it wasn't even really a rumor. I, from what I understand, Coach Saban was uh, offered him the position to be offensive coordinator because they're going to definitely be getting rid of uh, 
of their OC uh, here. And in fact, he's probably already out the door. He turned it down. Um, it looks as if he will be, I mean, he wants to see this through with Jackson Arnold and Oklahoma and see kind of how this goes. I think that there was some stipulations. It sounded like to me about whether or not uh, Venables maybe allowed him to be a bit more um, uh, aggressive, I should say. But um, aside from that, I think that, that he's all in with OU and it looks like you're going to keep uh, levy around i'm i'm a i'm i'm a levy fan so i'm not one of those uh for i know a lot of people aren't a lot of people from oklahoma are not they're used to seeing what we've seen from caleb williams and you know lincoln riley and those guys um they still had a top 20 offense and it was a new offense it's not the same thing that lincoln runs by any stretch of the imagination so i think that they <clears throat> it only gets better from here so I'm grateful. I'm I'm happy that uh that he did. I don't want to see a really good offensive mind go to Alabama. Although, from what I'm hearing now, it may be uh Garrett Riley going to Alabama. So, so uh, that may not be a good. That'd thing be a good all. fit. Oh, that could be tough, man, for the rest of the country. Be a good fit for Alabama. <laughs> it it could be, it could be. You know, I mean, when you start thinking about. Some of these guys that are offensive minded and, and I mean, look, man, the one thing you can say you can't say about Lincoln is that he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to offenses and quarterbacks and stuff like that. And because he does and his brother does the same thing. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, folks, we have been going for a good hour and a half now. I think we are going to go ahead and call it at that. Um, hey, thanks for jumping on the show with me there, Kirk. Oh, man, yeah, I, man. I, every every so every so often, if it's right in between practices or something, uh, I'm like, oh, I, it's live. I subscribed, and I'll pop on, you know. Yeah, hey, man. Yeah, anytime, man. And, and I'll, we'll talk again. Maybe we can get you back on here more uh, throughout oh, the yeah, year. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll see how it goes. We appreciate yep. it. Hey, guys, thanks a lot again. Hey, I don't know where I'm at as far as my subscribers are concerned. Um, in fact, I can take a look because I'm kind of curious. Uh, we are five away. Five away, folks. Five away, please. If you, we are at 995 according to mine, unless somebody, unless somebody jumped on there. Thanks a lot, everybody, for coming in. Thank you, Jen. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better uh, every day, it seems like. Um, I appreciate that though, but if you, uh, I appreciate all the subscribers and, uh, share us with the, with your friends, if you would, we've only got a few to go, just, uh, five more to go and we get to monetize. So that would be, uh, amazing. Uh, appreciate you guys again, and we will see you on the next one.